got it. Yeah. Hello, today I have Susan with me. Hi, Susan. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, my name's Susan Willis. I live in the northeast of England and um, I've been writing for about 15 years now. I think my first novel was published 10 years ago. Um, after that, I was asked to write some novellas for the same publisher, which I did. And I did five or six of those. They were sort of, I work as a food technologist, developing new recipes for food companies. So a lot of them were foodie romances um, with different aspects of my job. And a lot of people enjoyed them. I think one of the reviews I remember seeing that they liked my writing because they were everyday situations that could happen and very down to earth. So, um, and then after that, I moved more into the relationship side and loved writing sort of drama scenes and things and did a couple of um, romance books. I did um, a family um, story and um, did a couple of romantic suspense novels um self-published those and um, then sort of went into um cozy crime which I'm writing at the minute I went to the crime writers festival in Harrogate and loved it met all the crime writers and um I thought I don't think I could really do sort of the blood and guts and gory horror bits but um the cozy crime situations I really quite enjoy with the psychological twist so yeah, and um, so I've got to this year now, and um, I have a Christmas novel out, which is Cozy Crime, Crime with a, a Christmas romance at the end. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? No, not at all, actually. Um, I think it was probably maybe it's. Um, about 16, 17 years ago and um, my relationship finished and I just thought I need something to focus on so I did um, I'd always enjoyed writing, I'd loved English and history at school and um, so I did a home writers course and um, throughout the course we had to do different sections there was travel writing and um, different things and then there was short story writing and I wrote a couple of short stories and the tutor loved them and said you've got a vivid imagination and so I thought okay so I kept going with that and I very first started with magazines and short stories and then thought to myself um, I wonder if I could write an, um, a novella and headed towards 40,000 words and then I thought well I've done that so Another 30,000 would be a novel. So, uh, and at least, you know, literally, that's how I, I started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've always read, I've always read for it since I was a little girl. Always loved reading. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, how did you end up going into food technology? Because that's quite scientific, I imagine, isn't it? Um, yeah, I was, well, I changed career when I was 37. Before that, um, I was a staff nurse for nearly 20 years. And was just very, it's all I've ever done, was very bored and thought, if you have to work until you're 60, well, 65 now, um, then I know I can't do this job any longer. So I um, went down to the college and I thought I'll do some nighttime cookery classes because I'd always loved cooking. 
and found out about the food tech course, yeah, at college and went along for the interview and they said, yes, you can have a place. But she said, why don't you go up to university and do it at degree level? And I said, well, I can't go to university. I'm 37, you know. She said, of course you can. Go and get a grant. And literally that was how it started. So, um, And once I'd done the three-year degree and passed and everything and done some work experience, I thought, this is me. This is what I want to do. And, um, yeah, I got a job um, working with fish and seafood at first in Newcastle. I was there about eight, nine years. Then they closed the site down. We were all made redundant. So I started working for myself then. And after that, I've done every all manner of, you know, food products and sandwiches, meat, casseroles, cakes, desserts, um, one thing after another. So, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. But um, last, uh, a lot of my work, I'd probably say 70% of the work I've done um, in the last um, 15 years working for myself has been m and I've done a lot of work with m and uh, food. So, yeah. Um, and I've just finished up doing, in Grimsby, doing fish and uh, a big project down there for them. So I'm retired now. I retired last week. I thought that's me, done. 65, done. So now I'm going to concentrate next year on me, on writing. And you know, being a full time author, I've got the time now to do it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I went back to uni in my mid 30s as well. It must be something about that time of life where we all decide we need to do something I think, else. I think it is because you just think, you know, um, I mean, the job of you know, of nursing hadn't changed, it was me that had changed, and I just knew I didn't, you know, I just didn't want to do it anymore, and there was nothing. At the end of it, actually, I actually went to over to America on a one-year contract and I worked over there. I thought this enlivened me up, but it basically didn't, you know, when I was there. I just thought, oh, well, um, I met some fantastic people. I had a great time. Shared an apartment with three Irish girls from Dublin, so you can imagine we had a field day. And um, but all the time I was there, I thought it's just, I've just swapped one ward in the group of patients but just changed the area. So the job isn't any, I don't know, I was thinking, I just wish I was here working in a bar on the beach or something instead of, yeah. So, and I, I came back and I knew, and I thought, I just can't keep doing it. You know, I need another big interest and that was it. So, and I literally stumbled into food technology thinking I'll do the course and then I'll have to go back. I said, but it wasn't sort of a planned career change. It was just something that I really thought I'd love to do this and I'm going to do it for three years. And then but, um, by the second year, we had um, visits from food companies and everything. And uh, I thought, God, I didn't know these jobs existed. And I thought I might not have to go back. Maybe I can get a career out of doing this. Um, did my work placement in Sainsbury's in London, Blackfriars Bridge, the big head office there. Loved every second of it. I met Delia, Delia Smith, twice. And uh, and I thought, this is what I want to do. I'm not going back to this and I'm going to stick in and do this. So there you go. Yeah, so maybe it is around about that age. You just think, you know, career change, yeah. And I think it, as well, I, I enjoyed it more because I was older. I enjoyed the course and, and all the different subjects. I enjoyed it a lot more than what the 19 and 20 year olds 
were enjoying this. I don't know if you've found that, have you? Yeah, I, I've loved every second until lockdown hit. Loved yeah. every second of it. But yeah, um, yeah. And apparently, the mature students work harder because they appreciate, you know, the the experience yeah. more or something. So yeah, yeah, I certainly did. Yeah, there was a, I think there was forty of us in the group and. Me and Carol, those two older ones, and they all used to come to us like mother hens. They were going to finish the homework, and I was saying, "Oh, I did mine last week. I loved doing it. It was great." And so I think we sort of rubbed, you know, got them going a bit as well, you know, and sort of encouraged them a wee bit. So yeah, yeah, it makes me laugh because I'm learning at the same time as them. So I don't know how they think that I know any better than they do. Yeah. I think they used to think that we had all the answers, but I didn't really, you know. You just... Yeah, it does make me laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. So... And um, was it this year's Harrogate that you went to? No, it wasn't. It was, I think it was the year before the pandemic started, so it would be three years ago um, in Harrogate. And um, oh, they were all there, Mark Billing in the nose and Val McDermott and... The reason I wanted to go, my favourite American writer is a guy called Harlan Corbin. I don't know if you've read any of his books. I just love his his work. And he came, he was in Harrogate, so he was he did an hour's talk. Um, who interviewed him? Oh, can't, um, oh the guy that wrote um, Rebus. Ian Rankin. Thank you. Ian Rankin interviewed him and I just sat for an hour drooling, listening to every word that he said. It was amazing. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to go, but all the rest of it, there was some fantastic um, writers there. And, um, you know, they were talking about, about different crime and causing. I thought, that's just something I never thought of, but I thought, I think I could do the cozy crime. So, on the, you know, I coming home on the train I was sitting writing plots and scenarios out and things so yeah so I have six um short reads but they're well 15,000 words each and I've got a publisher interested for next year and they're going to take the six of them and put them into a novel like a collection okay time so um I'm quite very excited about that it'll be in the summer of next year so yeah yeah yeah, but I don't think it's been on again since with the pandemic, of course. The, it the was, yeah, it was, was on this year because I went for the Did first you? time this year, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Loved every second of Definitely. it. I got home and booked to go next year within a few hours. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been up to the um, bloody Scotland? I'm not I swearing it, but it's got you went last year. Because I, I, I think the year before Harrogate, I went to that one. Uh, it was in Stirling. They usually do use Stirling, which is a lovely Scottish town. It's gorgeous. I uh, yeah, went to that one um, and loved that one as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, this has been my first year of experience in these things, and I love it. Yeah. And I, yeah. um, I've met Mark Billingham. I've interviewed him, actually. So Yeah, he's a yeah. Really nice bloke. Well, yeah. I have mean, spoke Mental. to him, but, you know, listening to him is so easy to listen to and things yeah yeah he's lovely he's um he was great to interview and yeah um he one of his panels at bloody scotland was hilarious then they've got the fun loving crime writers who are just nuts but great fun yeah that's right yeah and i can't remember it was him that interviewed um richard osman as well right at the end of harrogate i can't remember 
you probably we did do because I think Mark does quite a lot of it, yeah, yeah. But um and you can imagine them two together. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good fun. Yeah. The year that um I saw Harlan in the Harrogate one, um Nicholas Sturgeon was there, Scottish Minister, and Val McDermott interviewed her. And um I thought, oh, this is gonna be all about, you know, um giving Scotland the vote, you know, um what have you. Um, but it wasn't, and she actually um, was a children's writer when she was younger. She wrote novels for children, and she was really interesting to listen to. And, of course, Val's as mad as a box of frogs, so she, the pair of them were, like, sparring off each other, laughing, and, you know, and that was so that was another good session, yeah. So uh-huh. I might see if any what's going to be on next year, because um, I quite enjoy going to them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Harrogate's definitely on and Bloody Scotland's on because I've booked to go to both already. All right, okay, for next year. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a look at them, I think, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, out of all the books you've written so far, what's the most interesting thing you've found doing research for them? Um. Well, I think, uh, um, yeah... I didn't really have to do an awful lot of research for the foodie romances because it's my job and I know it inside out. But when I wrote this year's, which is the, um, I don't know if you can see it, the Clive's Christmas Crusades, that's set in York. And I've been to York with, uh, it's only an hour down the road, I've been to York loads of times, but I tend to just, we all do the same thing. We go for shopping and lunch with the girls. So I'll get off the train, head straight down and we're into the shambles where all the shops are. But I didn't know the, outside of York City and the walls and everything. And once I decided to to, um, to set the novel there, because last Christmas I wrote a novella called um, Christmas um, in the Shambles. And um, uh, it's when um, Clive, the main character, meets this uh, Barbara, they bump into each other in the shambles and it's a love story. So, And all, every, all the reviews I got back, and all my friends that read it said, oh, I love Clive. Oh, we love Clive. So I thought, okay, this guy deserves a book of his own. So I've written it all in here, mainly in his viewpoint. But he lives in York, so I thought, oh, I have to get round. So I went down and stayed overnight last year when I was, at the beginning of this year when I was writing it, met some friends and things. And when I wasn't with my friends, I was out with my camera around the streets on the Roman walls, over the river, place names, house names, and thinking, right, I'll set this here, but he's going to have to run from his house on this side of the river over to the other when the police cars are coming around. And so I could get it in my mind. And, and it was a great help because when I came back and I was actually writing it, I kept bringing the photos up thinking, oh, gosh, yes, those houses on that side of the river, they're like set up from the riverbank with railings and the dead pond. So I had that in my mind when I was, when I was writing. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I do an awful lot of research. I, I've never written historical because, you know, I think you really would have to spend days and days Googling and dates and everything, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to make sure you got it right as well, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. I'd enjoy reading them, but I, I, I don't think it would be nice sort of uh, cup of tea really for writing them, you know, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do you have a favourite character that you've written so far? Um, well, I do like Clive. That's why I've given him his own book this year. And and I've got next year, um, 
um, the publisher that's going to do the Cozy Prime stories. They're northern publishers, so they're looking for uh, work that's set in the northeast. So I've got Clive next year set out into a merger um, in um, Whitley Bay, which is on the coast, just a bit further up before you get to North Northumberland. So um, I've got him kitted up for that uh, next year in my mind and I've sort of plotted it out and things. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I tend to like, I tend to like my characters, you know what I mean? And they're all sort of nice people, really. Which I mean, they've got the flaws, but I don't think I could write from anybody from uh, sort of an awful, you know, sort of viewpoint really where you know like a murderous viewpoint or yeah I think if they're sort of psychologically um challenged you know I could maybe do that but somebody that's just an evil person I don't think I know if I could actually write that <laughs> yeah so mm -hmm, yeah um out of all the books you've written so far what's been the most fun scene that you've written um this, well, years uh, one of my first novella, novellas um, uh, was a Christmas story, and I've just revamped um, and re-edited it and given it a new cover, and I changed the title to The Man Who Loved Women. And it's a guy that um, has just had um, loads of women all his life, and I wrote it from his viewpoint, and he's not a nasty person at all. He's just just doesn't think half of the time. So um, he's got a lovely wife who's behind him. They've been married a year. And um, yeah, so the, um, he's been having an affair and she finds out. But before she finds out, um, he doesn't want to disappoint the girl that he's been having the affair with. And she asks him for Christmas Day lunch. But of course, he should be at home with his wife for Christmas Day lunch. So he decides that if he works it cleverly, he tells his wife he's going to the homeless centre to help out on Christmas morning. And, and he goes to see his girlfriend and he has a Christmas lunch with her. And he thinks, well, the vicar of Dibley, she ate two or three Christmas lunches. So I, could, so I should be able to eat two. So he has a three-course Christmas lunch with her and then he gets back to his wife at four o'clock and she's made, of course, the three-starter three, three um, starter and turkey dinner and Christmas pudding. So he has to eat. So that is quite a funny um, afternoon when um, I try to make it as comical as possible, even though it's very sad and an awful thing for him to do. But to, to eat the two Christmas lunches in one day, yeah, it, it's quite funny. <laughs> Wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will say the reason I wrote it was because um, I don't know if you watched um, Happy Valley on television a few years ago. I haven't seen And there's a guy, uh, there's a guy on there, um, I've forgotten the name, the famous actress, and she's the police um, sergeant. Um, but her sister, um, no, her daughter had met this guy and had a little boy, and she actually. Um, uh, committed suicide and this guy she was with is horrible he is absolute all the way through I think it was four parts four episodes to it to Happy Valley 
And all the way through, he was horrible. Everybody hated him. James Norton played him on the television. And um, all the way, I kept thinking, this guy is so revolting. You can't believe he is just horrible. Like this. And um, the way Sally Wainwright wrote it at the end, he takes his little boy from school. And of course, she's got the whole force out looking for the little boy. And he takes him down to the canal and you're thinking, oh, no, what's he going to do to this little six-year-old boy? Um, and he takes him onto this boat and he sits and tells him that he wants him to have a better life than what he... And within about four or five sentences, I actually felt sorry for him. And I thought, how powerful is Sally Wainwright in four or five sentences to turn my opinion of this horrible guy into feeling sorry for him? And I thought, okay, so that's what set me off because I thought I'm going to write this about this guy that's having affairs left, right and centre and he's not a nice person and see if I can turn him around. So I won't tell you, the spoiler, I won't give a spoiler, but after he's eaten two Christmas Day lunches and his wife does find out, he turns himself around completely to a nice, nice uh, family man. So, yeah, so that's how it started, how I started writing this. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I know a lot of um, people ask authors how they get their inspiration, and I realised quite quickly that it could be it's, anything. It's just from them, things that happen around you and things I watch on TV, and I think, what if you turn that round the other way? You know, I wrote one of my other novellas, is written um, from the mistress's point of view, because it's always about the wife's, you know, the wife and the husband, one of them's having the affair in a relationship. Um, and I wrote it from this um, this girl that was having the affair with the guy. And so it was from the mistress's point of view. Of, yeah. So I often come up with things and think, well, what would it be like if it was from the other side of the coin? Or, you know, things like uh, have a dramatic effect when I'm watching them. I think, oh, God, that was good. God. How could you write something like that? So, yeah. And that's reading other people's work or watching things on TV or watching films at the cinema, and, you know. So, or even things just, just happen around about you and with your neighbours and the place where you live or things I see in town if I'm out with the guys and I'm shopping, have lunch and see somebody and I think, oh, God, why would you do that? And, you know, so, yeah, that's where I get ideas from, yeah. It's what if, isn't it? That's the big question is what if. What if, yeah. That's where everything really? comes from, isn't it? What if. Yes, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Have you made lots of author friends since you started writing? Well, I have on Facebook, yeah. I, I try my hardest to social, social media. I'm not an IT expert. When you said about the Zoom instant, I said, oh, God, I hope I do this and I hope I click on the right thing. Yeah, IT is not my strong point. But I do try, and I do Twitter, because I'm in the uh, Romantic Novelist Association, the RNE. So I do Twitter on a Tuesday, because uh, that's their day and things. And I've got that down, and I set up the tweet deck and things. Um, but I tend to do more on Facebook than any of the others. Just because I find it's a lot more personal and you can have proper conversations with people and like yourself and, you know, and um, you get to meet different people and, um, yeah, and very often on my 
page, I'll just, if I'm stuck with something, I'll put a question on or this year's cover. I sort of knew what I wanted, but and I had me uh, blurb and everything. It was the title, and I was thinking, amateur sleuth in York, and oh, and he's what he's called Clive, and thinking, do I put his name like this? And I just, so I just went on. I'd been on for two days with writing. I must have had about thirty different titles down, and I just didn't. So I just put on, what does everybody think? And goodness me. I must have had over 80 suggestions of, of friends and I thought I didn't know I had that many friends on here and they were coming back and so I've ended up with a fantastic title and a subtitle and a beautiful cover although the designer did the cover of course but yeah so and as I, I do find all other authors uh, they're really glad to help you know um all of people come to me as well and you know if I or I say something listed and I think, oh, I've done that before. So I can sort of jump in and say, try this way, you know, on KDP. Do, 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 do. It worked for me this time. And yeah, so it's nice to help other people, you know, and other authors, like I say, have been a big help. But that I don't I don't think you get that interaction on Twitter and Instagram on the other ones. It's more on Facebook than than anywhere. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree. I I stick yeah. uh, mostly to Facebook. I do use the others, but Facebook uh-huh. is my go-to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you get a lot of feedback from your readers? Um, just with with reviews, that's the hardest thing about the whole thing is getting, is, you know, getting reviews and, you know, um, that, although I've just finished working at Grimsby before that, that was like a three-month contract, but I think I had 14 months furloughed with no work. So in that situation, it's like, I haven't really got the money to spend on blog tours and, you know, things. So getting sort of, you know, your name out there and things and, and finding people to, to write reviews is so difficult, yeah. And then, of course, that's what everybody says when they go on Amazon, the amount of reviews that you have whether it be good, bad or indifferent, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't use um, them. I, I think I'm on Goodreads, the publisher that I was with. I had listed them on there, but I don't tend to go on to Goodreads very much, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, since you've started writing and publishing, what's been your standout favourite moment? Um... um I think when I, when I was very first published, my first book that went out, and then that though then I'm going back sort of, I think it's about nine years ago, and um, I really basically hadn't even heard of Twitter, and Twitter wasn't, it was just starting off really, um, uh, but the publisher said, well, you, you need to get on Twitter, and, um, and I said, right, I'll try and learn it, and I did go on, because you need to retweet all the tweets that they and they were fantastic, the publishers then. Not so now, because they've gone off in a different direction. But then they were amazing. And um, I think the Christmas, I mean, it was my first Christmas novella. And I had 1,600 copies overnight. And I was just gobsmacked at that. Absolutely gobsmacked, yeah. It was great. Um, there's other things sticking in my mind. When I wrote my, my um, psychological suspense, and it's called His Wife's Secret. And that was about three, four years ago. And I did do a blog tour. 
nobody read that book. My better or better reader hadn't even read it. And I thought, oh, I hope this is going to be all right. Um, and the first um, late girl on the blog tour, I've forgotten her name now, but she um, messaged me on Instagram and she said, I've read this book in one day. I couldn't literally put it down. And I thought, I've never read a book in one day before. And I was just gobsmacked that somebody would take my book and, and read it all from morning till night until they got to the end of it. So that was something else that sticks in my mind, yeah, definitely. And getting a, getting a good review, it just sets you up for the whole day when you wake up in, in the morning and I see it and I'm like, whoa, great. And, you know, to think that people, somebody's sort of got what you're trying to see as well and they've understood where you're coming from. Because um, on that blog tour, a couple of people were saying, oh, I thought at first it was just like a romance and, you know, first couple of chapters in, I was thinking, oh, where's this, you know? And then, wham! And I thought, oh, my goodness. And then that was when, the you know, the sort of, you've got them hooked then and they can't wait to get to the end of it to find out what happens, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Mm. If you were able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? I think I've already told you this, Harlan. <laughs> If he said, come to New York and sit in Central Park and talk to me, that's where I would be. Because <laughs> I would love to know, in my eyes, is the famous, um, every time I close one of these books, I get to the last page and I think, God, I didn't see that coming. And it's nearly everything, every, every book that he's written, I thought, where does he get that from? I just didn't see that coming at all. I just think he's a master at that. So I'd love to sit and talk to him all day, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be able to talk there or would you just be too starstruck and just be probably starstruck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bit like I was when I met Delia years ago, Delia Smith. And I think I said something, you know, it's like some somebody who bought her books for years and she's famous celebrity and you think, you know, what she doesn't know about making a Christmas pudding isn't worth knowing. And she came into the kitchen and Sainsbury's, and I think I said something stupid, like, is it still raining outside? <laughs> and you just think, oh, God, could you not have thought of something better than that? <laughs> yeah, so I was a bit starstruck then. I think I would be with Holland as well, yeah. yeah. yeah it's really funny. Um, years ago, I met um, a darts player called Phil Taylor. Oh, right. Who's the best, you know, legend? Yeah. And I was with my old boss at the time, who was really outgoing and and everything. And I was quite yeah. shy. And yeah. I went up to him and spoke to him and stuff, and, and had my picture with him. And my old boss, who was, you know, the more outgoing of the two of us, wouldn't go near him. And he's like, "No, I can't. I can't." So yeah. in the end, I went up to Phil Taylor and I said, "Please, can you shake?" his hand because he's too scared yeah. to come up to you yeah and I can't believe I'd done that because at the mm -hmm. time I was I was really shy yeah but I was yeah. like for god's sake you're not going to get many opportunities to do it just so just it. you know do go it. shake yeah. his hand yeah and he did yeah <laughs> but yeah so I thought I'd be like that but generally I'm not too I find I'm not too bad no no uh -huh. I think I've, I've got, got I think I've got braver as I've got older yeah yeah I was getting off, and it was about four or five weeks ago, I was getting off the train at Grimsby train station. And I looked along the platform and I saw these pink trousers and a blue jacket. And I thought, that's Michael Portillo. 
nobody else wears pink trousers on a train station and it was him so and he like followed me out the main entrance and I turned around and I said I can't believe that you're Michael Cole too and I must have sounded like a complete nutcase and I said um I've never I've watched every single put on I've traveled all over Europe on trains you know so um, and what a lovely guy he was and um, I took my mobile out of my handbag because I'd glanced down the road for I think that's where the taxi queue is. And I thought, oh, there's no taxi say I'll ring one. So when I got my mobile out, I think he thought, well, he did, because he said, do you, would you like a photo? And I said, oh, yes, please. So, <laughs> so I had a photo. Of I took his photo stand outside the train station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I have got a bit braver as I've got older. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. Oh, well, and now you've got me motivated. I might, um, it might be my first job in the morning. I might look at Harrogate for next year and still and see if there's any places left. Yeah, oh, there should be, I suppose. But... Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So... Um, if you're able to travel to any period of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you like to go? Um, probably backwards, I think. I wouldn't mind, um, yeah, I love Pride and Prejudice. I think I could, I can repeat Pride and Prejudice word perfect, the BBC version, of course, not the new one, but the newish one. I, yeah, I would be quite happy as Miss Elizabeth Bennett, definitely, with money, of course. Yeah, I wouldn't like to be without money in, uh, in those times where it would be then, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and if a genie was to give you three wishes, what would you wish for? Um, good health to carry on writing and um, that my family are all safe and well, especially in these times, because there's an awful lot of people that can't say that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and to write the next uh, uh, bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling, here I come. There you go. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if it's going to happen, but I wouldn't mind uh, being one book behind her, at least, you know. I know. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. love to meet her. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh -huh, yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah, well, I can't think of any more questions for you, unless you think there's no. anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to know. No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, I've, um, I've got this week a few things happening. I've got um, my cover is in Cover Wars um, on Author Shout because um, it's such a lovely cover. Uh, oh, well, that's the designer that did it. Well, actually, I found I found a picture of York Minster and then I found a picture of um, a detective who looks a bit sort of, you know, he's not James Bond, but that's my Clive. So I thought... And I sent her them to and said, can you do anything with this? And she came up with a cover. So I'm hoping that does well on cover walls. And um, and I've put Clive on a special for 99 pence for three days this week up until um, it finishes Wednesday night. So it really jig things along a bit and hopefully get some reviews. Yeah. So, yeah. So... Brilliant. Um, so yeah. before we go, would you just like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can get your books from? Um, on Amazon. To, um, do, do you want me to tell, give you the link? or No, it's fine. Oh, just, uh, 
yeah I can put it on the video when I post oh, it right. great yeah yeah or I could uh, yeah I can I could give you the um the link you know on the message thing on Facebook if you wanted yeah but um they're all on there together so yeah that's um I've got a website as well but I must admit it's more mainly through Amazon rather than you know uh traffic on the website so yeah yeah Mm-hmm. okie dokie right well thanks very much Donna it's really nice to meet you you never know I might see you in Harrogate next year and go hi yeah <laughs> you made it <laughs> yeah yeah, <So. laughs> yeah that'd be great yeah okie doke okay. thank you <laughs> right. bye for now have a lovely Christmas and New Year thank you you too yeah. okay then thanks okay. Uh, bye bye, bye. bye.